Well, it's another great Sunday to be in church, to be in God's host, to be gathered together here at Faith Tabernacle Church. So again, welcome to each one. It's fantastic to have you here this morning. It's, it's a wonderful thing, and uh, we've got some great things happening. Um, one of those great things is we're going to be welcoming so, some new members to Faith Tabernacle Church that have gone through the membership class. Yeah, we, we got one person that's happy about that. Okay. It's going to be fantastic. That's going to be happening um, towards the end of the service, but I'd actually like to take a moment, ask Megan to, to come out here. We'd actually, speaking of welcoming people, just wanted to, uh, we're welcoming her to the staff at uh, Faith Tabernacle Church as the youth leader, youth pastor here, and so she's, been, she's going to be carrying that, so we're very excited about that. So, uh, yeah, can we welcome, I mean, she's already here, but... I just want to take a moment just to, to pray, and uh, we can just agree together in prayer. Lord, I thank you for Megan, the gifts that you've placed on her, Lord, the many um, great things that you have designed in her, God. I pray that those things would find their fulfillment as she serves you, God. Um, we thank you for her faithfulness. We thank you for her commitment to what you're doing. We thank you for her love for this church and for the youth, and pray, God, that you would use her for your glory and build your kingdom through her, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Megan. Fantastic. And it just keeps getting better because guess what? I'm not preaching this morning. And everybody's like, yay. No. My beautiful wife, Debbie, is going to be coming at this time, and she's going to be uh, bringing the message this morning. So make her feel very welcome as she does that. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? I had two people that said good. The rest of you are absolutely fantastic, right? Yeah, that's it. This Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, I'm not going to call it a holiday because I have some feelings about this day coming. This coming Wednesday is what we call Valentine's Day. Anybody have plans for Wednesday night? Three people. Okay, the rest of you, guys in particular, you've got some work to do between now and Wednesday. For weeks now, the stores have been filled with hearts and candies and all those things that are supposed to somehow help us celebrate our romantic love interest. Just out of curiosity, how many married couples are here today? If you are married in this place, very good. Oh, he put his hand up too. Is there anybody here today who has been married for less than one year? I see one hand. There's supposed to be two, but he's here too. Nobody else? Only one person that's, or two people? <laughs> Got to get that right. Are you the only one? When did you guys get married, Mackenzie? In July. I have something to help you celebrate. And believe me, it only gets better from here. Right? That first year, it gets better and better and better. It does. Is there anybody? I had to remind him. Sometimes you got to do that, women. Sometimes you need to remind your husbands that it's only going to get better. Is there anybody who has been married couple here today who've been married for, say, over 40 years? Oh, there's a lot of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for... for helping us and setting us up for a win. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Is there any of you who have been married more than 50 years? 
I don't know how far to go before it. 55 years? More than 60 years? More than 55. How long have, have you been married? 57 years. Does anybody meet, beat 57 years? Oh. How long have you been married? He doesn't remember. <laughs> 60, I'm sorry I missed your, missed your hand. 63 years. I've got something to help you celebrate Valentine's Day. Although I think probably if they've been married for 63 years, he already knows how to do Valentine's Day right. This year, Glenn and I will have been married for 24 years. It's been fantastic. Thank you. I'm getting a lot of applause this morning. Give things away and it makes people happy. We've been married for 24 years. Do you know that for the past 17 years-ish, Glenn has not invited me out or made plans for me for Valentine's Day? 17 years straight. 17 years straight now, he's actually taken somebody else out on Valentine's Day every single year, and actually I encourage him in that. Since the time our daughter was probably about three years old, her daddy takes her out on a date for Valentine's Day. He shows her what a, a real date with a real gentleman, how he treats a real lady, setting her up for a win, setting her up to know how to expect to be treated by someone, so I'm okay with that. This year, yeah. Okay, that one's for you. <laughs> this year, she's actually away at college, so he has already asked me out for Valentine's Day this year, so he's doing okay, too. Yeah. But you know what, I really don't even care about Valentine's Day. <laughs> After all that, it's really just not a big thing for me. Glenn, you know, it's just another day of the year. He shows me 361 days a year that he loves me, and yeah, he's not perfect. It's not 365, 361. He misses a few every now and then. But I know his love. His love is good. And do you know that God's love for us is good as well? Actually, it's great. And that's what I want to talk about today, God's great love. We're actually going to be focusing for the rest of this month on love, God's great love. Greater love has no one than this, and the greatest of these is love. Great, greater, and greatest love. The definition, or one of the definitions of the word great, is of an extent, amount, or intensity considerably above normal or average. Of an extent, amount, or intensity considerably above normal or average. God's love for us is great. It is an extent, an amount, an intensity considerably above normal or average. I'm going to be going through a lot of scripture this morning. I actually said on the way here, I think I have more scripture than I do words of my own. So just stay seated at this point. A little bit later, I'll have you stand with me. But starting off at Psalm Chapter, Psalm 108, verse 4 says, For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. God's love is so great that it's higher than the heavens. I can't even imagine how high the heavens are. 
So to go beyond our imagination is how great God's love is for us. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19 says, And may you have the power to understand. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. It's too great to understand fully. That's how great God's love is. It's wider and higher and longer and deeper than any love that we have ever encountered before. A perfect love, an unconditional love, a love so great. And I want to tell you a few things today about how far-reaching God's great love is. Firstly, God's great love reaches us when we feel like we're all alone. You know, I've, I've never been homeless, but I have felt so far away from home emotionally that I felt lost in the world. I've always had family around me. I've actually always lived with a family member of one or another. I've never actually lived all by myself. I've always had somebody with me. But there have been times that I have felt so alone and like there was no one with me. I've had times of not fitting in, not belonging, not having friends, seemingly having nowhere and no one to call my own. But then, then I encountered this great love of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Psalm 68, verse 5 says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. I would be willing to bet that there are some here today who, like me, have felt all alone. Feel Maybe today are feeling like you don't belong, like maybe... You've been abandoned. Know that God is with you, and he wants to call you his own and accept you into his family and be the father to the fatherless, the defender of widows, calling us children of God. In Romans chapter 9, starting at verse 25, Paul says, Concerning the Gentiles, so those who weren't born into the nation called the family of God, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the place where they were told, You are not my people, there will they be called the children of the living God. You see, in the Roman church, some people were saying that the Gentiles didn't belong, that they were not part of God's chosen nation. Paul was reminding the church that God is the father of all. He holds our adoption papers. We were born into a sinful world, and that sin separates us from God's great love. But because of that great love, we've been adopted into his family, and now we are the children of God. Because of God's great love for us, he calls us children, and together we make up the family of God, sons and daughters, sisters and brothers. His great love reached out to you wherever you have been, wherever you are, and he brings us together. You belong here. I forgot the tissues. 
You belong here. There's somebody that needs to know that today. You belong here. You are part of the family of God. You are part of this family, and we need you. God's great love can reach you when you feel abandoned and isolated. Secondly, God's great love can reach us when we are in captivity. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is in the temple, and he opens an Old Testament scroll and begins to read from a prophecy in Isaiah, and then he states, this prophecy has been fulfilled today. Let's read it, or I'll read it. It's Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, the spirit of this is, sorry, this is Jesus reading. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Some would say that I've been free all of my life, and that is true. I've never been in slavery, incarcerated, in chains. There have been times that I have been held hostage, held hostage by fear of the future. Anybody ever feel fear of the future? Yeah, lots. Sometimes I'm held hostage by bitterness. I'm just being honest. Held hostage by worry. I'm held hostage by unforgiveness held hostage by sin. Sometimes I'm held hostage by myself, my own emotions, my own thoughts, and I can't rein them in and get control, and they take me hostage sometimes. But God's great love reaches into that hostage situation and provides freedom for me, and he can for each one of us. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, I know, I know, I know this is easier said than done. It's easier to read it than it is to live it. I don't know how many times I have laid down my worry, laid down that bitterness, laid down whatever it is that I'm carrying at the foot of the cross, and then the next morning, what do I do? But I put it right back on again, and I just can't seem to let it go. Maybe it's bitterness or anger sin of some kind, keeping you bound, locked up, oppressed, a hostage, carrying that yoke of slavery. Paul explains to the church in Romans where the answer to freedom lies. Romans 7, starting at verse 21, and I'm going to read to verse 25. Paul says, I have discovered the principle, this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I'm so glad that I'm not the first one to pick up that, that burden again that I'm not supposed to be carrying, that it's in God's word, which is where our answers are. The next part says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Freedom is found in Christ, in his great love that reaches into our prison and can set us free. The next place that God's great love can reach is into storms. Has anybody ever been in a storm? Mm-hmm. Everybody nodded on that one. I don't necessarily mean a literal, literal storm, although we do live in Nova Scotia, so we have had a few of those as well. 
But a storm in life, rough weather, rocky ground, rocky seasons. Maybe it's a doctor's report that came back and, and it wasn't what you were expecting. Or maybe you're facing stress in your workplace or you've lost a job. Maybe, you, maybe you're a student and you thought you nailed that exam but found out that the definition the professor was using of nailed it was a little bit different than yours. That's a rocky situation. It can be a storm. Maybe a relationship is going bad. I could go on and on. Each one of us probably has a different example of a storm that we've encountered in life. Sometimes we look back and we can realize that, that there actually was like a weather report put out there. We should have been watching the storm alerts. Maybe we could have seen it coming. Sometimes I have woken up and all of a sudden there's just a storm. Nobody told me it was coming. The report didn't say so. It just was bam, and you're in a storm with no warning, no preparation. I want you to know that God's great love can reach you there. Our God still loves you. He's still with you. He is able to take you through that storm. He might not take the storm away but he'll be with you to get through it. Isaiah 43, verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. In verse 4, he goes on to say, You are honored and I love you. That's God's great love in the storm with us. In Isaiah 54, verse 10, it says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear. That sounds like an earthquake to me. Even then my faithful love for you will remain. As I said, he doesn't promise to take the storm away, although sometimes he does, but he promises that his great love can reach through that storm to be with you. God's great love can reach us when we are lost. Maybe you're here today and all this talk about God's great love has you feeling, well, a little bit lost, honestly. Sounds good to have a God whose great love for you can reach you in all of these situations, but you aren't quite sure if you've ever actually encountered that love to begin with. I want you to know that God's love is available to you. He wants to find you right where you are today. Where you have come from does not bother him. Where you are today does not surprise him. He wants to be with you from here on. As I mentioned earlier, we live in a sin-filled world. And in and of ourselves, we are sinful creatures. But God's great love reached out to us and provides a way that we can have relationship with him and never be separated from his love again. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone perhaps might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Verse 6 says, it might be verse 8, sorry, 
It's tiny. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Let me read that again. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It doesn't say after we got our act together, after the storm was over, after we didn't feel alone anymore. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It goes on to say, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. This is good news today. If you have been feeling lost, like you're just wandering, but you would like to accept God's great love of, of gift of love through his son, simply open your heart, have a conversation with God. Tell him where you're at. Let him know that you realize that you've been trying to live this life on your own and maybe realizing it's not going so great. Ask for forgiveness. Invite him to reach out to you today with his great love. And thank him for providing a way to be included in his family. If you've been feeling a separation from God's great love, whether you've been feeling alone or imprisoned or there's a storm raging around you, or whether you just think maybe you're completely lost, I want you to know that no matter where you find yourself, you have not somehow managed to lose God's great love. And I know this because his word is true. Romans 8, starting at verse 35, says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord. That is God's great love. Yes. Yes. Know that wherever you are, whatever you're facing, you are within the reach of God's great love. Nothing can take that away from you. And there is no better place to be. I'm going to invite the team to, to come back up and start getting ready as I, I finish with this last thought. And it's a long one, so just be, bear with me. Psalm 81, verse 1. Psalm, sorry, 89, verse 1. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. 
With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. We sang a song a few minutes ago that said, He makes our praise his throne. I believe that God's great love deserves a response from us. It's great to have it. It's great to know it. It's great love. But I believe that God's great love deserves a response from us. Every single one of us has at some point felt all alone, imprisoned in a storm, or completely lost. I think at one point or another, each hand was raised or you nodded at me. So I know that you have at one point been in one of those places. And if you've called out to God, know that his great love reached out to you, called you his own, set you free, took you through the storm, saved you from yourself. I believe that it is only right for us to give him thanks, to sing of his great love forever, to make his faithfulness known through all the generations. If you have your Bibles with you today, turn with me or your smartphone app. Turn with me today to Psalm 107. It's a psalm of thanksgiving that sums up our response to how far his great love has reached out to us. Psalm 107, starting at verse 1. I'll ask you to stand with me as we give honor to the word of God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled. They suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious act. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They, too, observed the Lord's power in action. 
his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits' end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into the harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wonderful things he has done. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. As we go into this time of worship now, the front is open. You don't need to, to be at the front of the church to encounter God. He can as I've just preached, his great love will reach you no matter where you're at. But if you would like to have somebody pray with you, feel free to come forward. Maybe you're feeling like you're all alone. Maybe that, that first one nailed it and you didn't hear another thing that I said. Maybe you've been feeling imprisoned, either by situations or by yourself. Maybe you've been in a storm. Or maybe today you've realized that you are lost and you are ready to find your way home. We have people that would love to pray with you. That God's great love will find you. Maybe you're like me and you have an overwhelming thankfulness for God's great love. That he found you in the midst of these seasons and brought you through. I want us this morning to pour out our praise to him. Shout it out. Let us praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. Let us exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of our nation. Let's worship him this morning. Let's thank him for his goodness. Thank you, God.